Hello and welcome to Point Streak, a podcast where we talk everything gaming and the issues that concern gamers. We're all members and contributors at Enthusiacs.com. Thank you for joining us. Our Twitter feed is at Enthusiacs, and our YouTube channel where all our video content resides is Enthusiacs. My name is Jeff, or Baron Fang, and today I'm joined uh, once again by Tony. Welcome back, Tony. Hello. And uh, Brian, who uh, this is his first time joining us on Point Street. Welcome, Brian. Thanks for having me. And as we do at the at the top each time, uh, let's cover what have we all been planning. Uh, how about you, Tony? Well, just uh, finally got into next gen and got an Xbox One, uh, the Sunset Overdrive bundle. So majority of my time has been uh, spent with that. Um, also, actually been playing a little bit of um, Resident Evil Revelations on the DS, which I'm actually uh, quite enjoying. There's a lot of content there. So, but uh, yeah, not I norm. I know I normally have a, a bigger list, <laughs> a but that's list. really about it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I, if I had an next gen one, I'd probably be. <laughs> I'd probably be uh, justifying my purchase as well. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Brian? What have you been playing? Uh, I also just got my uh, my, uh, my Xbox One. So uh, uh, with that, right. I got uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, I got Titanfall and um, Shadow of Mordor. Uh, both have been uh, putting a fair amount of time into those. Um, but the ones I've been putting the most time into lately, um, I also got Sunset Overdrive and and having a lot of fun with that. And I also got uh, Bayonetta 2 from Gamefly. So oh, I've been, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so didn't know you had a Wii U. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've had it for a while. Yeah. Brian was an early adopter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have been playing uh, Sega Rally Revo uh, for Xbox 360, which I think came out in 2007. So, uh, yeah, once again, I'm like... <laughs> years behind everybody else. Is that a uh, racing game? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's. I'd call it Sega Rally 3, but that's not really technically what it is. Uh, it's just a, an update of Sega Rally uh, for that, that generation. Um, yeah, I, I, it's really good. It's, uh, it's in keeping with the arcade rally feel of, uh, of the previous games. I don't, I don't really care for racing Sims and uh, Sega Rally's right up my alley. It's, it's certainly not my favorite in the series and, Choice of cars is uh, pretty disappointingly small for a game that came out uh, recently, but uh, yeah, pretty fun. And uh, I'm I'm uh, about halfway through the achievements at this point. So, <laughs> well, if you want to talk about disappointingly small, I heard Forza Five had fewer cars and fewer tracks than Forza Four did. Never understood uh, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unless you bought the uh, you could buy uh, you could buy cars, I believe. You know, if you like you like. Well, uh... yeah, that's just the thing. They held them back. <laughs> For DLC or uh, exclusive content, dare I say? And that that <laughs> nice little segue takes us to <laughs> our main topic. The reason why we're here today is to talk exclusives. Um, it's one we've been meaning to do for a while, and I think—is it fair to say it was uh, the Tomb Raider announcement of a few months back that <laughs> that probably <laughs> brought it back to everyone's mind? Uh, I'd say that's a fair call. Yeah, it never goes away, but that was the yeah. last really big one that had bulls uh, in a twist. Um, so yeah, we're we're gonna talk, talk exclusives. Um, I I might uh, I might just ask everybody uh, up front. Uh, have Have you guys ever uh, Have you ever purchased uh, a game from a retailer or or a specific console specifically because you were drawn in by Oh, I want that particular. What what about you, Brian? Have you have you uh, been tempted in the past? Yeah, you mean you mean by the by the console? It's just when you could get that game. Yeah, or or per, or perhaps a situation where the retailer offered something specific that was uh, a shiny trinket. <laughs> um. Well, I I have two answers for that. One would be that's how I picked the PS4 over the Xbox One to adopt first. Right. Um, because you know, I mean, apart from all the controversy that Microsoft had surrounding the thing. Um, I looked at all the games that were coming out um, in the near future, and the PS4 had the ones I wanted. It had more of the ones that I wanted coming out sooner. Right. Um, but also, like, I mean, if you want to say, like, you know, tempted me. I don't know. There was um, when I got my Wii U. It yeah. was like the Zombie U bundle, so it came with Zombie U. Ah. So. How about you, Tony? Uh, I, uh, given what a big Halo fan you are, I have to assume the answer is yes many times over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as, as far as consoles go, yeah, I waited to pick up a 360 until Halo 3 came out. Um, basically, the same reason why I got a 1 now is because uh, Master Chief Collection will be coming out in two weeks. Um, but as far as, like, shiny little trinkets, as you put it, I don't 
think so. I mean, I know Halo 4 had, uh, depending on which retailer you went to, you could get different uh, armor skins, and I didn't really care for it, and I think I, I went with one retailer and got some kind of armor, but I, I wasn't really like, oh, I need to get, uh, like, I really love this armor. It was more <laughs> of, I just normally go to here. So, yeah, I mean, console-wise, definitely, but I've never really been, I've never really cared for weapon skins or anything like that. Yeah. Well, I, um, this is going back a long time ago, but uh, despite the fact that the PlayStation 2 was about to come out and uh, was uh, the, the big hype machine, I, I bought a Dreamcast specifically because I wanted Virtua Fighter. And at the time, uh, Virtua Fighter was a, a Sega exclusive to Sega consoles. It's uh, no longer, <laughs> but uh, yeah, back in the day, I have to admit, uh, my choice was uh, was very much based on the exclusive content. Um, I, I think it's fair to say that just about anyone that's ever bought a console in particular <laughs> has has made a decision one way or another uh, because of exclusives. Um, that's actually, when, when I used to work at GameStop, that was ba- like when people would ask me, like, you know, what should I get, a 360 or a PS3? And I said, all right, look at this wall over here hmm. and this wall over here. Yeah. Decide which one has more games you're going to play. Pick that one. Right. I, I mean, I guess uh, if you're looking at a, libra- at a library then, then and then, then and there, and not like like I was doing recently, and looking at releases over the span of two years, uh, it, it's not a bad it's not a bad way to make a choice. Uh, I imagine a lot of confused parents out there <laughs> probably use that method as well, particularly when uh, in retailers like that. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, the exclu- exclusives have been around since the original console wars. You know, Sega Sega and Nintendo back in the day when they were going head to head with uh, NES Master System. Genesis and uh, Super Nintendo, they their big marquee titles were by and large, um, you know, titles that they developed in house, uh, and uh, you know that that even was the case with some of the uh, competitor systems that didn't do as well. Uh, so it's it's certainly not an old tactic, um, but over the years, increasingly, um, increasingly, I mean, it seems to me like it's it's less and less. A selling point. I, I, I looked. I don't know about you, Brian. Like having well, you're you're the only person I know that's bought both at this point. But uh, <laughs> how how, ma- how many would there have been that were exclusive to one versus the other at the times that you bought them? Like a five or six, maybe, or or fewer. Um. Well, you mean like at release? Yeah, at re- like at release. Yeah. Um. I think. Let's see. When the PS4 came out, there was Killzone and Knack. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I don't I don't know if there was any others. Uh, was any uh, others at the time? W- what about uh, Infamous, or was that not launch? That that wasn't launch. That came out uh, okay. February, I think. Wow. Um, and then um, there were a few that were supposed to be at launch but got pushed. And then um, and the Xbox had Rise, Dead Rising three, and I think Forza. So in, in that case, like I'd say, I guess like the Xbox had more. But the PS4 had more that I was interested in. Right, right. It's just amazing to me because, you know, back in the day, uh, release or launches rather, you could be guaranteed you were going to get a pretty good number of games at launch, a pretty good number of good <laughs> games at launch, and some really high profile ex- exclusives were the done thing, you know, like the killer app that was going to sell the thing. And increasingly launches these days seem seem to be done with the promise of future (laughs) exclusives that might come a year later or or more well Uh, i think the way it used to be was it was more a matter of hey here are these games that are coming out and these are the consoles that we're building to run them this time around it was more uh this is the console we want to put out and these are the games we're 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 shipping out with it yeah um I guess uh, I guess the big question for this, and and the re- the retailers keep doing it, uh, and the um, and the the big manufacturers keep doing it. Uh, do you think they sell systems? I mean, for, for Tony, you've already bought one, so I guess <laughs> I guess uh, I guess they must have had enough to appeal to you. But are are these? Is it still the case that these exclusives are make or break for these consoles? Like, is that what's going to win the console war one way or the other for Microsoft, Sony, or whoever it is in future? Well, is the exclusives? Uh, not. I don't. I think they're having a diminishing. Uh, effect on people just in the today's age that we live in with you know the internet and everything and what the consoles are now actually able to do just beyond gaming uh you know all the the features and everything that they have so 
Yeah, I think it's really just it's it's not as as big as it was. I'm sure you know there's people like me that are so hooked into a one single franchise yeah. that yeah. kind of binds them to one to one. But I mean, it, it you know I still would uh, plan on getting a PS4 here too and kind of uh, enjoying both. So yeah, I don't think it's me personally. I don't think they're as uh, important nowadays. I mean, you, you've uh, you've obviously brought bought bro, uh, both Brian, and uh, as as you pointed out, the the PS4 was the first one just because it had more games that you wanted at, at the time. But out there in the wider marketplace, do you think it's going to be the the system that has more or better exclusives that's going to win the day in the end, or or are there other more important factors when people are going to plonk down their money? I think, from what I could see after the original Xbox One announcement, a big part of it was act, actually was like other things, uh, like things other than games. People, like a lot of gamers felt very alienated at how little they talked about games at the announcement. And then yeah. there was the whole, you have to have the connect, you have to be online. And guess what? The NSA just got, just got caught snooping. So yeah. people were really uncomfortable with that system. Um, I think right now, like the, the games, um, are in are are certainly a factor, but when and that will certainly be the case when it comes when they become more even, you know, when like they both start doing the same thing and are selling at the same price. Yes, the games yeah. will be what what differentiates them. But what they, I, I think, right now, um, the Xbox One has more features. It's um, it can be kind of easier to use. Yeah, it yeah you know, it it's a little more convenient. It was just you know upfront really 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 inconvenient just inconvenient just to purchase yeah yeah um in in the case of nintendo who are the only well i shouldn't say the only but they're they're the console that still has the i i, I think it's fair to say the biggest dependence on exclusives mm. in-house stuff i mean you buy a nintendo system you know what you're getting you're getting mario games you're getting zelda games you're getting metroid games you know what you're signing up for it's it's been the case for the last three four generations that preceded it um and when the next nintendo console eventually comes out everyone knows <laughs> once again what it'll be um and look if if you like those games then that's the you know that's the system that's going to draw you in the most uh although in a day and age where there's these arbitrary distinctions between you know casuals and uh, and hardcore guys, the Nintendo's uh, not always looked at as as being you know where the hardcore players go. But uh, I mean, it's it's obviously of the three that are out right now, the one that's struggling the most. Uh, I might ask you, Brian, because again, you you're the only one who owns all three. Do you would you trace the um, the Wii U struggles to its either over dependence on exclusives or just the quality of, of them or or is it something else there that uh, that affects the Wii U? I don't I don't think it's the over dependence on exclusives. I wouldn't say, you know, any Nintendo console has ever been over dependent on them. Hmm. It's just more um it's easier to make for the other ones because you don't have right. to deal with the hardware issues. You yeah. know, the Wii, you know, you had to deal you had to put in all this motion stuff because uh, like it, w without it your controls were extremely limited. The yeah. Wii U, you've got to be able to fit that uh the gamepad into it. Yeah. Or at least it seemed it, it has seemed that way. That's what Nintendo's been pushing. Yeah. It looks like they didn't really push it so hard with uh Platinum when they made Bayonetta 2. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been the biggest struggle. You know, you had EA come out um, and say, you know, we're not making any games for the Wii U. Anything that does come out for the Wii U is extremely limited in um, both, you know, like graphical output and any DLC that comes out with it. It's just that that difficult to develop for right now. Yeah. Well, not only that, uh, I know actually Ubisoft has said after Watch Dogs, they're not releasing any more mature-rated games as well. Uh, I mean, so that's a, a huge a chunk, I'd say, of, you know, the or that's the majority of games that Ubisoft that they puts do, out, yeah. mature titles. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the fact that it seems, you know, you kind of hear that uh, Nintendo uh, kind of alienates itself from third parties, and it doesn't really go after, you know, try to get the third parties in there, or the, uh, in, you know... So I think that that's another thing, but it is interesting that you mentioned that because uh, as far as asking, do uh, uh, exclusive sell uh, consoles? Because I I didn't even think of the Wii U, but really, yeah, that's uh, that's really the only reason you would buy a Wii U is exclusives. Yeah. At this point, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, th th these other consoles, yeah, at least have you know, um, independent 
uh, independent developers developing for them. The Wii U doesn't have that, at least not that I've seen, yeah. you know, because, again, it's just really difficult to develop for. So, you know, it's I don't know if you can really say it's much of a casual gaming platform anymore because there just aren't that many casual games on it there you know it's got like you know Wii sports and that kind of thing but um you know people are only buying that to shut their kids up or because it's or they're only ever (laughs) or or because they're only ever going to break it out for a party yeah and without getting too off track with it uh given that given that there's all these other avenues like the ones you just pointed out brian that they don't seem to be focusing on it it's even stranger that they wouldn't go back to the well and just release all their classic games for a few bucks here and there and just cash in on that. I mean, they, they could be printing money <laughs> if they did that, but, uh, it, you know, they've got the, uh, what, what was like, the, like the retro library. They're essentially doing that. Yeah. It's yeah, just, they they're are. doing it in a very slow, painfully yeah. <laughs> drawn out way that, I, that, you know, why it takes so long, why there's such a trickle of releases is, is, is beyond me. Um, yeah. I know there's a lot of people out there who would happily buy, you know, um, much like the Wii had access to, I think, eight or nine different systems, some of them Nintendo, some not. Uh, why, why they're not just, you know, porting as many things as they can uh, if, or, you know, trying to get indie devs, etc. to the table. I, I don't know. But um, something that's been coming up more and more recently, and I, I don't know that it's a concept that was invented recently. It's just it seems more and more we're hearing about it uh, with the modern generations is the concept of timed exclusivity. Uh, and very rarely do they say that out loud. They'll say it's re- going to be released exclusively for whatever, and then you'll hear later, oh, yeah, but not forever, <laughs> or, right. some, yeah. or something like that. Uh, the most famous example of that recently, of, of course, is, uh, is, is Tomb Raider, uh, the, this, the sequel uh, to the game that came out uh, 2012 that hit the... Uh, or 13. Yeah, 2013 that came out. Um, in the wake of it having its... Uh, uh, what was it called? The super duper unhappy time uh, edition, the, the, the better version <laughs> graphical. Oh, you grade. mean the one that came out for next gen? Yeah. Yeah. In okay. Way, yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, already had some people a little ticked off because, <laughs> uh, you know, they, yeah. uh, and then, uh, and then add, Oh, okay. Well, the second one, yeah, it's, it's only going to be coming out for, uh, for Xbox one. And then in the wake of the outcry, we, people find out, Oh, well, but not, not forever. Like <laughs> they could release it for other system a year later. So, um, now, I, I, it's not hard to understand why they, they do this because, you know, they want a selling point for the system. In this case, the Xbox One. There's a lot of people that played Tomb Raider. And this cynically uh, locks people in to either waiting or getting an Xbox One if they want to play the next Tomb Raider game. Um, and this one can only imagine the sums of money that must have been exchanged <laughs> in order to... Uh, in order to to get the company in question, is it? Uh, it's not Idos anymore. It's it, Square Enix. It's Square, yeah. To to get the company in question to to go along with it, because I mean, I, I've heard these arguments like, oh well, it's a better choice for us. Well, I mean, financially speaking, can it be? If you're releasing it for one quarter of the systems that you released before, how can it possibly be more uh, viable? So we we know that someone's been paid off here. Uh, is it? I mean. Is Microsoft going to get a return? This isn't the first time this has happened. Do you guys think that Microsoft is actually going to get a return on this investment? What do you think, Brian? Like, are people just going to shrug and say, I'll wait? Or are they actually going to line up and buy Xbox Ones just to be able to play the sequel? Um, I think a big part of it is probably going to depend on who's bought what so far. Yeah. Like, if they've already bought a PS4, they're they're I would say they're likely to just wait it out. Yeah. While still while still shaking their fists and stamping their feet and going, "What the hell?" <laughs> um, but, but at least they know it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if they had quietly said it's going to be on Xbox One and then just like a few weeks before release said, "Oh hey, here it comes on PS4," like that would have been that would have been something else. That probably would have. Yeah. Um inspired a lot of xbox one purchases but i think if you haven't purchased either console yet yeah that might be a swing factor right what do you um, think i mean what do you think tony i i i know if uh, i i mean I, I could put the theoretical to you to say oh what if halo jumped ship to uh to ps4 and we're gonna get to destiny later so in a roundabout kind of way <laughs> <laughs> the guy, some of the guys originally behind Halo are now uh, pushing PS4 hard, but uh, 
I mean, do you see do you see this sort of thing actually inspiring people to make a, a choice on on one game like this, or? Uh, well, I I mean, I agree with Brian. I mean, there's what I, last I checked, I want to say, uh, Sony came out and said they've sold 14 million PS4s, and nobody knows where our Xbox is. Probably at least half of that, maybe. So I mean, there's a good chunk of people that have already bought into these systems. Now, for those that that don't own one already no honestly no if they know in in this particular situation when they know it's it it will most likely come to uh the other you know uh the playstation 4 i think they would wait i mean i know it's a it's a, a big title and like a big franchise i just i don't really see it moving moving xboxes uh, i just I, I i don't know really how to justify it it's just my gut feeling is no i really don't think they're going to see any kind of real return on it. This is a game that disappointed the publisher in terms of its sales. <laughs> Which yeah. it and shouldn't now, have. And now, and, now, and now it's going to be the great white hope for uh, for Microsoft to be able to, uh, to rocket them to the lead. Um, well, I, and like you yeah. said, too, uh, not, not to kind of beat the point to death, but... Uh, you know, again, you know, Sony said they've sold 14 million, and place their uh, Xbox has got to be pretty well behind that. So they they just alienated, you know, 14 million potential sales. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and there and there's no way they're gonna, or you know, they might be lucky to get a few million yeah. off of the current base. And I, like I said, I really don't think people are gonna go out and buy Xbox yeah. Ones just for just for that one game, but who knows? And I, and I think the companies that make these decisions, in this case Square Enix, uh, they'd better beware of the power of spite, because there's a lot of people that would have happily lined up to get Tomb Raider that are now not only going to wait, but might wait until it's like a bargain bin title, just to say right. you. <laughs> like if if un if Square Enix understood the power of spite, they would not have made <laughs> Lightning Returns. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I look uh, ne never it never surprises me the ability of these companies to make short-sighted decisions uh, in chase of of a dollar. Uh, but uh, uh, but but I I do wonder that eventually one of them might realize oh there might be repercussions for our actions. Um, there's um, there's a concept uh, there's a, there's another concept that uh, I'd like to touch on uh, that of um, GameStop exclusives, and I was gonna say retailer exclusives, but really, when you get down to it, <laughs> uh, the, they're the only they're the only retailer uh, that's got the power to have these big, huge ones. I mean, I, I I could be wrong. Are there are there other retailers that do exclusives, or is or is GameStop the the, the is GameStop the one where you're gonna see the the the, the most high profile ones today? It's like, are you a GameStop guy, Brian? Do you ever actually? I mean, I know you used to work there, but is it still a hey? Is it still like you know the king as far as uh, in-store exclusives are concerned? Oh, I've never, I never think of it as in terms of in-store exclusives. I mean, when Resident Evil Six was coming out, you know, um, GameStop had their own set of like exclusive maps if you pre-ordered with them. Uh, Amazon had another set. Uh, Walmart, Target, and Best Buy all had their own sets. Oh wow, okay, so they're so one of many it, then. It depends on what the. Um, what I guess the developer or the publisher is willing to, um, you know, you know, what, what, what kind of deal they're willing to, to put together to, to get this. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand it. You know, that, that, that actually makes no sense to me because I mean, people who, who like the retailer that I buy it from are just going to go to that retailer no matter what. Yeah. No, no matter what so i think that that exclusive movement is dumb and i don't i actually don't see it happening that much anymore like it happened for a little while but i don't i don't see it happening as much anymore yeah i um the thing i mean uh i'll get to you in a sec tony but uh the thing that i worry about is that the more the more people that come to the table with regards to these exclusives the more things have to be parceled out you know, and the better chance there is of something actually important or integral to the game getting carved off in service of some deal. You know, uh, it, it. I mean, we we've seen it happen with DLC, where you know the main story of the game has been sectioned off and a price tag put on it. So it's not that hard to believe that a, that an otherwise complete game could kind of be have sections of it divvied up in order to uh, to suit these. Um, you know these exclusive editions and packages. I mean, look at look at uh, Watch Dogs. You know, uh, it it had so many different editions. You got to wonder what what did it look like before 
they got they sat down and decided okay this this company's gonna get this <laughs> and this company's gonna get that um what I mean, uh, it, what different editions were these? I'm just curious. Oh, I don't really oh, for, recall. For, for Watch Dogs, it, it, it uh, we'll we'll cover that a little bit later. But it it had uh, so many different editions to it that I, I'm just saying I I wonder whether or not you know did they did they actually sit down and and just divvy up things out of the main game in order to make these you know this exclusive thing for the GameStop version, this exclusive thing for the Amazon, and so on. Uh, I, we've seen it happen before with DLC. I, I would be willing to bet it's happened, you know, special super editions, gold editions, collector's editions, all that garbage. Um, we've even seen, and this is going back, I, I don't know whether you guys remember any other examples of this, but I, I actually remember a really strange example of uh, Soul Calibur, and I think it was Soul Calibur 3 came out, and it was released for multiple platforms at once, and the different platforms got different guest characters. Do you yeah. guys remember this? <laughs> yeah, no. like the three the three sixty got Yoda, <laughs> and, Darth and the PS three got Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, and I think I, I could be wrong, but I think that it, was there a Nintendo version with Link as well too. I could be I could be crazy, but uh... no. Well, okay, okay. I was thinking of Soul Calibur four, Soul Calibur. Three, uh, I think, did the exact same thing. Um, okay. The PS2 version had a guy from Tekken. Um, the the Xbox version had Spawn. Oh, and, okay. And the Nintendo and the and the GameCube version had uh, Link. Okay, yeah. See that sort of stuff, I don't mind so much because you know they're they're going out of their way to make them different. You know, to justify releasing them on the three different systems and. You know, I mean, unless you're a big Spawn fan, are you going to go, oh, well, I'm going to buy that one? <laughs> like, oh, no, I, I don't. I, that actually does bother me because, like, let's say you have a 360 and you and you were really excited about that. But you weren't really interested in playing Yoda, playing as Yoda. You wanted to play as Darth Vader. <laughs> like, what, you're going to go buy a PS3 just to play as Darth Vader? <laughs> yeah. Well, I do, I do wonder what I do wonder what's the reason for the developer to do it other other than to differentiate them because that's a lot of resources on making them unique, you know. And all all you ever hear is them whining about, oh, it's so much work to to develop it for this many different platforms, and then they make then they make more work for themselves by putting unique characters in them. So I, I don't, don't think that's the developer's call. I think that's the publishers. All they do yeah. is you know make all the deals and stuff. Um, whereas the publisher is the one who does actual who does yeah. actually all the work. You're probably right, and I and I I'm I probably misspoke there. The uh, yeah, it's it. I, I guess it's far more likely that it's some marketing guy going. You know, could we put Yoda in this, and then <laughs> leaving up to some poor programmer to <laughs> shoehorn Yo Yoda into a Soul Calibur game. And and that may even be like you know some like the like you know that like they're trying to get the licensing rights for you know each console, and then like the console guys like. The, the console reps are like, hey, we want you to uh, – do you, you think you could make like an exclusive content uh, just for our version of the game? Yeah. And then the publisher makes the deal, and then the developer has to do that. Yeah, yeah. So it's and, like the people the people who get this idea are not the ones doing all the work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the, you know, the other thing – and this is, uh, this is not unique to retailers, uh, but the whole concept of pre-order exclusives – uh, where you know you get something extra because you pre-ordered. Um, I've done this myself. Uh, I remember Mass Effect 3, I got some sort of a mechanical dog in addition to some other bits and pieces in my special edition because I pre-ordered. Uh, a mechanical dog? Yeah. I a dog? Yeah, you had to what? have a special edition. Oh, yeah, that thing! Yeah, it, was in the, it was in the cargo bay at the bottom of the Normandy, and it did nothing. It did, wow, it, I it, really it, don't remember that. Yeah. Okay, if, if you remember, like, the little, like, robot dog things that, like, I think it was Cerberus would sick on you. In Mass oh, Effect 2. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got okay. one of those. It was like reprogrammed and, and it like hung around the cargo bay. Yeah. That's I don't, all it did. It yeah. was just there. You couldn't even talk to it or anything. Like, uh, it was just, it, yeah, you're right. It was just there. I, I kind of thought it, they might do something with it, but uh, yeah. They it, had like it, one, they had like one cut scene to explain it and then that was it. It just walked around <laughs> making noise. Yeah. So, yeah, that, um, I, I haven't, uh, I mean, you've uh, <clears throat> you've ordered every uh, Halo game over the years, uh, Tony. Have you have you ever uh, specifically gone and, and GTA and all that stuff? Have you ever gone out and thought, all right, I want to research the best pre-order package because you know this this one's going to have exclusive A, B, C. I mean, does that enter into your decision making for those big franchises you like? Actually, well, I mean, uh, 
Halo, yes, obviously, just because I'm just that big of a fan. Um, but it, other major franchises, or uh, you know, I've I've really cut down on pre-ordering as a whole. Like I'll maybe mm. do one a year, and that's really like it. Yeah. Um, so uh, even but even before that, when I was doing pre-orders a little bit more often, no, I mean. I just I really didn't care, um, and that was you know years ago when uh, I wasn't I didn't really uh, uh, use take advantage of uh, the internet and everything. I just I just went to GameStop and said, hey, I you know or either I'd say, hey, I want to pre-order this, or it'd be jammed down my throat. So, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean no, it, it's it's never been like I could really again I I said it before like I could really care less about weapon skins or things like that I I didn't even know about that dog thing <laughs> with Mass Effect 3 so yeah no it it really could make I could really care less Yeah I have have uh, I'll 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 start with you Brian but have you ever got a pre-order exclusive or something that you actually looked at after the fact and were like I'm glad I got that that was worth it <laughs> or has it always just been gimmicky stuff like my <laughs> example uh, <laughs> I mean, I struggle to even remember. I, I, it's not the first time I pre-ordered stuff, but I struggle to even remember other stuff that I've got that was quote-unquote exclusive or pre-order exclusive. It, it's, it, it's, it, I struggle to remember anything beyond that. There have been cases where, like, you know, like maybe I got like a like a really good gun. Yeah, uh, things like that. But honestly, I can't recall any specifics. I just, you know. The only one, like you know, the only one that's coming up that I could think of that would be actually kind of useful would be, um, well, actually two. Far Cry Four has this like harpoon gun, um, uh. and and th- and this is actually an example of a retailer um, exclusive. I think it's retailer exclusive. Like if you pre-order Assassin's Creed Unity with GameStop, you get this armor-piercing spear. Uh. But those like, useful stuff like that is are, are few and far between. Yeah. So I mean. Uh... And so I think I already know the answer in your case, Tony. But like, are 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 all these are just gimmicks to get people to put their money up front? I mean, is there is there ever any real reason for the consumer to look into these and think, okay, this is something I have to factor into the value when making a decision of where to buy a game? Or no, no, uh, not at all. Because uh, well, yeah, it's that's really all it is. And I don't know if I should necessarily say I give developers and uh publishers credit for this but they you know they normally it's not like oh you're getting this this overpowered weapon to use in multiplayer or you know something <laughs> like that it's it, it's gimmicky like you said it's yeah. it's weapon skins or uh little robotic dogs that do not you know it's 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 nothing that really affects gameplay it's it, more something shiny that looks cool or just sits there in a loading bay or doesn't do anything so yeah. you know no it, it i don't think it does yeah. Well, guys, I um, I might ask: Is there? <laughs> we know what we know why the companies do it. We know why the retailers do it. They want to differentiate themselves. They want people to put money up front. They want to. They want their deal to look better than the other guy. Uh, you know, they try and build value by throwing in trinkets and things like that. Is there is there actually any benefit to the consumer when it comes to exclusive content at all? Is it is it or is it just a is it just a, a gimmick, a hook? Uh, Brian, have you? I mean, have you ever? Um, even if it isn't your own experience, have you ever seen a situation where you saw an exclusive and thought, well, that's a, that's a good deal or that's going to uh, benefit the, the people actually playing it or buying it? I'm just going to flat out say no. Like there, <laughs> like there is no benefit to the consumer on this one. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like exclusive stuff like that, you know, either way, the customer is missing out on something. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and and I think it's it's just a giant middle finger to me, like from the publishers. Um, you know, it's like, look, we made all this cool stuff, but uh, you know, it's like, pick uh, pick what's behind door number one, door number two, <laughs> door number three. Um, and then you're wondering, well, you know, how, how, how do I know I'm not going to like what's behind door number two or three? Yeah. What what about you, Tony? Is you, is is there a bright light for the people actually buying the games and all this, or or is it just a distraction and and uh, a, a way to get them to part with extra money or, or to their money up front? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's I I believe it's 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 not helpful to consumers and gamers. Uh, if anything, I it's in in some most cases it's mild. But in some cases, it can be detrimental. Like I don't know if you were—you said you were going to get into this later, but uh, in the case of Destiny, 
uh, Xbox owners are getting, you know, screwed out of content. Yeah. I mean, at least it is timed, but still, I mean, it's and and it's again, it's not weapon skins or something like that. It's it's actual gameplay missions yeah. uh, that you're missing out on. So yeah. it's no, it, I don't. But, there's it's never beneficial and it's always detrimental. It's just to what extent it is. It can be something mild or more than that. I, I did want it to cover Destiny because it does seem to be a. a a pretty high profile case and and it's one that uh, as you said it's not going to correct itself until what years down the line like At until least everyone's a year, yeah yeah and uh, it, it doesn't even have a specific date as to when it's going to come to the Xbox it's just in about a year or so yeah so i mean i mean you you've both played destiny i i i haven't i mean i hear uh-huh. about some of this stuff on the side i mean w- would you would you say that at this point Everyone else is getting a raw deal uh, outside of the PlayStation 4 uh, crowd, or is it just that that's that's because you know Bungie have chosen to hitch their wagon primarily <laughs> to uh, the PlayStation, and, and everybody else has just got to tolerate it, or is there is there some advantage to the having it on the other systems, <laughs> or is it really just a, a one horse race right now with with Destiny? Well, with the thing with with Destiny is is you know I'm sure people if they haven't played or if they have they know that you know there's only so much content in there and the game pretty much it forces you to replay the same mission types and everything over and over and over again. So while you know Xbox owners are still getting new content uh, and it'll be nice to play, they're gonna keep replaying them because that's just how the game works or that's how it's set up. So, and yeah, it's it's only one new mission, so to speak. If you haven't played, you might not understand. It's a strike. So it's like a, a pretty long mission at that. Uh, right. So you're, I mean, you're, you're missing out. So yeah, it's something you're going to keep replaying over and over, but at least it's something different, you know? So it, it just sucks because people are going to probably be playing this, the same content over and over, and at least it'd be nice to have something additional in there you know but now they're not so that that's how i look at it i guess yeah i i I agree like it's um it it really to me it really kind of depends on like how invested you are in it like i i really you know i'm really only interested in it while i'm playing it you know it like when i'm not playing it it frustrates me but when i am playing it it's you know it's um i'm really enjoying it but there are people who are really into this game and if they only have the Xbox, if they have the Xbox version, yeah. um, they are really going to feel cheated because, you know, they're going to pay the exact same amount that the yep. PlayStation people are paying, but they're getting skimped on content. Yeah. And get, and it's and it's Destiny choosing to do it. Uh, uh, sorry, it's um, it's Bungie choosing that. There's no there, there's no other reason for it. It's literally they just they've decided to anoint the one system as their uh as their favorite one, and uh, they're happy to let the the users on the other um, the the other platforms suffer, um, which is I, I think pretty cynical, and uh, that, that's the sort of exclusive content that I that I you know rail against personally. Brian, you looking ahead, uh, and and Tony, if you've looked into this as well too, I assume you've made an investment in the game. Is there anything to stop them from continuing to do this sort of? Because Destiny's going to have a rather long life cycle, right? It's supposed to. I think, yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. Any guarantees that they're not going to pull this crap again in future, and like that this down the line is going to be for uh, Xbox One first, or that down the line is going to be PS4, or do you think that this is just uh, teething problems at the start, and down the line there'll be a bit more parity between the two? Or I, I honestly kind of depends. Oh, go ahead, Brian. I mean, you know, I, I was basically going to say the same thing. Like, I honestly don't know. Yeah. Um. Um, I mean, and I honestly don't know who who's calling the shots on that one. You know, is it Activision or Bungie? Because I, right. I, I I usually defend the developer, but in this case, I think Bungie has the clout to yeah. be able to influence decisions like that. And the uh, bitterness, perhaps, Tony. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would, def- I was gonna throw that in there. But yeah, I was gonna say, you know, it depends because uh, it depends on what the kind of what the consumer response is really you know i I think that's the the biggest part of it um if they get enough sales and they could probably hear all the bitching in the world but if they're still counting their money i mean really why do they care they'll probably yeah they'll probably still do it in the future if they're making money off of it so uh i mean whether or not it'll be xbox doing it next time around who knows i mean obviously they got the cash to probably uh persuade them into doing it but yeah i think it's really more of a consumer response both in terms of voting with their wallet and uh you know taking to the internet to vent their frustrations or whatever they got to do but 
Right. Well, uh, just to tie this uh, tie this up, um, I might ask. Look, is there either in, either on the subject of you know exclusives in terms of um, content or exclusives in terms of games, one console versus the other? Is there anything that uh, the the big players can do better? Uh, I mean, at at this point, we're all pretty much in agreement that on the uh, content side, it's just gimmicky <laughs> uh, marketing. Uh, is there is there a way that they could actually make it exclusives uh, have real value? And is there is there a way that uh, companies, you know, particularly the big console manufacturers, can can deal with uh, exclusive content in a way that isn't going to you know piss people off, a la Tomb Raider? What do you think, Brian? At this point, I don't think you can make exclusives have value anymore. It was one thing, like, up to um, the the GameCube, PS2, Xbox generation, where you had all these different formats, like, at that point and before. You had all these yeah. different formats, and it was so much harder to develop for both systems. These days, there aren't, there aren't a whole lot of exclusives, and the only ones that are are usually published by the console manufacturers. Yeah. Like that's the only reason Sunset Overdrive got made in the first place was because it was, um, you know, the, the publisher they had to go to was Microsoft. Yeah. And Microsoft was like, okay, well, if you're making this game, it's only going to be an Xbox one game. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I mean, developers don't want to do that because it's, because it limits their audience and the publishers think, well, this is what sells our consoles. Well, it doesn't have to be if you actually tried. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't think uh, exclusives are really uh, can can really have value again anytime soon. They, depending on how much you love a franchise, it can add value to a console for the consumer. Um, but and no, to me, it's it, it, at this point, it's just silly. Yeah, I feel it's pretty ripe for abuse myself. Like it, it I I don't I don't really see them just turning around and and um, and being more responsible with it. What do you think, Tony? Uh, no, I pretty much agree with Brian as far as his games go. There's again, there's no real value to him any uh, anymore, at least. Uh, content though, I don't know that that kind of you know gets the wheels turning. Like I I, I want to say there is a a better and maybe a more beneficial way to handle it. I just I can't think of it right now off the top of my head. It might be something to ponder and think if, about. But if I could think of a normally when we do these shows, I try and think of a positive example of something and go, oh, why couldn't they do? You know, like when we talked about uh, DLC, uh, Blood Dragon came up as a like wow, you know, like a, a DLC that's so good <laughs> that it that it almost <laughs> improves upon the the original game and it you know is passionate. It wasn't an afterthought. It you know anyone who's played that. Uh, can say, yeah, they really stepped it up for that, and uh, you don't hear many people disappointed with it. But in this case, <laughs> like I, I can't really think of an a, exclusive content uh, that's been released with something that I've ever heard somebody go, yeah, yeah, it, it really sold me on the game, and uh, I, I feel better for it. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I often hear people saying things like, oh, I just wish I'd waited for the Game of the Year edition or the, you know, the Ultimate Edition. <laughs> I know I yeah. have. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. Well, but I do feel like they're they're. I think it'd be hard, and maybe it doesn't even exist at all. But I do kind of want to believe that there is a better or a good way to handle it. And I just, I, I can't think of it off the top of my head, or even try to think of an example. Yeah, well, look, maybe somebody will come along and change our minds. But uh, it, uh, you know, it, it seems like a bit of a cesspool of uh, of marketing right now, and, and very little else. Speaking of cesspools, uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's go to our high score quiz. And I, I don't mean the quiz is a cesspool, but this uh, this particular game mentioned in it was a bit uh, of a cesspool. <laughs> uh, as always, the uh, the quiz is tied to the topic at hand: exclusives. Uh, multiple choice, uh, as always. Uh, the game Watch Dogs has become infamous as a, as a title with a ridiculous amount of alternate pre-order bonuses and exclusive content across different editions. Uh, as I don't know if you guys saw the famous chart that came out or not. I, I remember it very well. As of October 2014, how many different editions of Watch Dogs exist across all platforms and regions? Uh, I'll start with you, Brian. Uh, multiple choice ABC. Uh, we have uh, A, 8, B, 11, or C, 16. What do you think? Oh, <laughs> I know it's an obscene amount. <laughs> I mean, all of those are obscene I mean, as far I, as I'm concerned. I, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah. No, eight is too many. 
Um, I, I, I've seen the chart. I just, I just never like looked at it. So, oh, I am gonna go with B eleven. B eleven. What do you think, Tony? Do you know what? Do you know what we're talking about? Have you, have you seen no, the chart I, in question? No, I, I kind of want to look that up now though yeah. too. And <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It's and when you guys were mentioning ridiculous. it, yeah, when you guys were mentioning it earlier, like I wasn't even aware that it was. Uh, there were that many different editions of it. There, so. there is well, because that today, makes no sense. It's a brand yeah. new IP. Why would you have so many? Yeah, there are so many different variables that, that as of now, there is no way to get a complete version of Watch Dogs without wow, literally insane. buying it across. Like, I, I think there's even some content that's only available, like that's unique to particular regions. Like there's an Australia, New Zealand version of Watch Dogs that's got some different crap in it. It, it is, it's insane. Well, right. Uh, so, but when you say that, when you say different editions, you don't necessarily mean like region. You know, obviously, I, there's games that come out different regions, and they're kind of region lost, so to speak. But I'm adding in the different regions as well too, because this is one game that actually did go out of their way to make like different editions across uh, across borders. But I mean, like, there's content in the like like say the a uh, Australia version that isn't available elsewhere. That sort of crap. So okay, it's literally well, been parceled out to an, an insane extent. <laughs> Uh, I'm just gonna have to go with the highest amount then. So C sixteen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Eight, eleven, or sixteen. Well, the answer is in fact B eleven. Uh, not Woo! including the season pass, there are eleven different versions, and every name you can. It's special edition, gold editions. Like it, it's it's almost comical. I mean, I, I know that chart. Uh, the the information on that chart was actually not new when it came out, but when somebody sat down and mapped it all out, it just it just brought to you know to to light you know how crazy it's actually gotten it, it's it's embarrassing i mean why how how is somebody who's supposed to make an informed decision about which one they should get uh I, yeah I don't the, the know. last thing you want to be doing is confusing the customer yeah and as you i know, said they're, all, they're already shelling out at least 60 bucks yeah, yeah. And now you want more, but at the same time, they have to make a decision. You know, at some point, they're just going to ask, screw it. Give me the basic one. Yeah, yeah. And, and as I said before, I, I do worry that they've taken the content of the game and started to just tick, take little pieces out of it and stick them into these editions. And thus, no one actually gets the whole picture. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and, it, you know, that's a, a, a cynical decision made to try and make a, a little bit of extra money on top of, an, you know, already $60 plus tax purchase for most people. Um, well, thanks, guys. Uh, I'll make my old school recommendation quickly, uh, and it is an exclusive, or at least it was back in the day. 1999's Soul Calibur by Namco for the Dreamcast. Uh, that was a sequel to Soul Edge. I don't know if you guys know the Soul series very much, but uh, no, before Soul no. Calibur, there was Soul Edge. Uh, it was originally released in arcades, as you'd expect most fighting titles by Namco were, but this was a strange one in that the home version was actually better. It had better features, better controls, and the actual graphics were an upgrade, which, I mean, at the time, you didn't really see graphical upgrades when you brought the home version, you know? <laughs> and even other Dreamcast, like Virtua Fighter 3, for instance, was a graphical downgrade uh, for the Dreamcast. Soul Calibur was the other direction. So uh, it was an exclusive launch title for the Dreamcast, and it's widely considered one of its best fighting games. Actually, it's widely considered one of the best games on the system at all. Um, it was uh, later ported to Xbox Live Arcade many years later, I think in 2008. Very well received there, too. Uh, if you don't know this, the, the series, it's a weapon-based 3D fighter. Um, I actually feel the series has gone steadily backward <laughs> from that original release. They've managed to increase the character diversity, but the fighting system has, has gotten either too complicated or too broken, and, and the balance is just, like, balance is so key in fighting games, uh, and the, the balance has been ruined in, in Soul Calibur for a long time. But the first game... Even though it's not uh, perfect, it is certainly a big highlight for the Dreamcast, and I feel by far the best in the series. Uh, and yeah, in its day, it was an exclusive, and it was a big draw for uh, for the Dreamcast. That game, um, you know, that was back in the day when you had really good games at launch. Imagine that, guys. <laughs> how long? How long has it been? And Tony, you mentioned earlier that you waited to buy the 360 until Halo 3 was out. Is that right? Right. Well. That's yeah, but did, uh, yeah, yeah, then that's but I feel like uh, if there was a point you're going to make, it might not be good because that was the first time I'd actually ever bought my own console before, you know, oh, okay, was, right. when I was coming, I had a, I was of age to have a job and, so, okay. you know, so yeah, it's 
I, I was just sitting there thinking, I mean, why wouldn't they have had it there available for, <laughs> for launch? Yeah, I mean, it's I, a Halo I, game. I don't understand that. Yeah. And uh, uh, well, honestly, I don't know why this, they... Like Halo 5 isn't even out yet. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't understand are. why they didn't wait to, to put Halo 4, just wait like another year or two to put Halo 4 on the Xbox One. I really don't know why they didn't do that, but uh, yeah. Yeah, in the days of uh, you know annual releases and crap or periodic ones, uh, um, you know they're not. This you know well, who, why does it matter whether we have any games at launch? Well, I remember when it did, <laughs> and I, I miss yeah. those days. Uh, I mean, as it stands, I'm I might be waiting two years or more before I even jump into next gen, and I I, I wish I had a reason to, but here we are. Uh, yeah. I might just quickly plug the uh, the Twitch channel for Enthusiasts, uh, and uh, you guys, uh, <laughs> if you've got next gen systems, will uh, presumably be able to uh, stream some content yourself. Uh, Chris, uh, uh, you know, another guest of ours, Chris, has done that. It, the channel is just uh, just search for Enthusiasts. Brian, is that is that how to find it at Twitch? I yeah, believe so. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's twitch.tv forward slash enthusiasts. Excellent. Cool. Yeah, check it out. Uh, there's not exactly a regular schedule, but we've got, uh, you know, four or five people that are uh, periodically streaming on there. Um, and the latest would be Sunset Overdrive? Yeah. 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 I think stream for about nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe there'll be some more in, in future. Yeah. Um, well, thank well, you. Now guys. that I have access, yeah, I'll definitely be hopping on there. And if you want to see all four of the Halo games played back to back, I'll you know probably be playing for hours straight. So, what, what, what did you pick that up soon, or did it just come out uh, last uh, last week? Or doesn't come out to the eleventh. Oh, okay, so it's coming up. All right, cool. All right, well, thanks again, guys. Uh, yeah, well, that, this one's been on the boil for a while. Uh, but yeah, I, I knew in the wake of Tomb Raider, we'd, ev- we'd eventually get around to talking exclusives. Wish we had something more positive to say, but, uh, you know, a turd's a turd. What do you what do you, what do you Well, okay, say? okay. You, you, you want something positive. I, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and I did mention it. Uh, exclusivity can, can save a game. You know, like I said... Uh, Sunset yeah. Overdrive was almost not made. Yeah. Titanfall was almost not made. Bayonetta 2, but, another good example. Yeah. yeah, Bayonetta 2 went, you know, uh, it, uh, the, the, I don't think Sega wanted to, like, officially, like, publish it, even though their name is still in the credits. Yeah. Weird. For some reason. They had to go to Nintendo to get it made. And it was like, okay, we'll publish this if you make it exclusive to the Wii U. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I mean, exclusivity can save a, can, can save a game. Um, the only, you know, the, the only party who's really making the bad decision there is it, it is the publisher that says it has to be an exclusive because it's limiting their audience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. One bright light there, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, as we mentioned at the top, uh, at Enthusiax is our Twitter feed, uh, YouTube channel Enthusiax. Uh, we've got a thriving forum community uh, on Enthusiax. Just just click on the forum tab on the main page. Our email address for the podcast is pointstreak at enthusiasts.com. If you've got any questions, feedback, or suggestions, thanks again to Brian and Tony. And thanks, guys. And uh, thank you for joining us for another Point Streak. Good night, guys. Night. Take care.